What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of the Compassionate Viking Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Stanaway. And today's episode is going to be part two about the Havamal. Um, I was going to put on some of my guests, but then after doing part one of the Havamal, I figured it would be best to just do part one, two, three, and then from that point on, put the guests on, and, and then we'll have some backup podcasts. <clears throat> so... Before we get started, I want to tell everyone that I did start the donation for the Compassionate Viking Village or app or programs that, that we can all build and connect together. If you go over to Give, Send, Go and type in Compassionate Viking and find my campaign, you should be able to find it. You can read the story. If you would like to donate, that obviously helps. You don't have to. If you want to pray, I fucking, I'll take that too. And if you just want to put me in your thoughts, hey, that works as well. I'm not asking for anything of anybody. I just wanted to put it out there for the people who did want to. It's it's now live. And if you do happen to donate, anyone who who uh, gives it money will be grandfathered into the app for life. So essentially, you're helping pay for the app. So that's really cool. On Instagram, my my page of at Tyler Stanaway is so shadow banned that it's ridiculous even like fucking logging on to that thing anymore. I can't share anything. I'll have like a story up for, I don't know, 24 hours and I get like 17 views, which not likes views. And it's like, there's no fucking way. Only 17 people have seen my story. You know, obviously I'm not famous. I don't have a shit ton of followers. But if you have more than a couple hundred, I think I have like, I don't know, it says 1,400 on there, but then they get deleted. It'll like go down. It's all retarded. Anyways, long story short, I'm shadow banned on there, and I think the best thing for me to do and for us to do is I started a new page, Compassionate Viking, and if we can all go over there and follow that page, I'm not going to be posting shit that's going to get me banned on there. That The Compassionate Viking page is literally about building community, <clears throat> building trust, honor, respect, and helping one another succeed so that we can live in a better world. That is the main goal of Compassionate Viking. Sure, it stems from all these conspiracies and all this different shit, but to be honest, at this point in my life, Having spent that amount of time, years and years and years, researching these conspiracies and shit, at, at some point, it doesn't serve me anymore. Like, once I figured out what they're doing, what the plan is, it doesn't serve me to watch their every move. I need to live my life. I need to do what I need to do to counter it. I look at it like war, a jujitsu fight, a fucking street fight. Like, there's, there's counters to the moves that are being shot at you. And rather than just watching them throw jabs and hooks and uppercuts and getting blasted by them every single time and going, see, I told you they were going to do that. I have came up with a new approach because that approach gets our ass kicked. Instead, it's like, all right, motherfuckers want to fight. So this is their moves. This is what they want to do. This is their game plan. This is their style. Now, what are we going to do to counter it? And really, the Compassionate Viking is coming up with the counters to the Great Reset, or New World Order. So, if you guys could go over to Compassionate Viking on Instagram and subscribe and follow, that would help. 
along with YouTube. The YouTube channel is up. I have not posted videos of me actually doing anything yet, but I have gotten some of the podcast episodes up on there, thanks to the help of my wife. Um, so today, I picked mushrooms. And mushrooms are obviously not an herb, so I don't know if they can fall into the herb of the week, but we could do the mushroom of the week this time. And about, I don't know, a year and a half ago, I really started delving into to the benefits of mushrooms and the medicinal benefits and how, how much they can help us. I also decided that I would teach myself how to grow my own because mushrooms are expensive, and when you go to the store... Like, I've been to Haggins, and I think it was, like, nineteen ninety nine a pound for a shiitake mushroom. So, that's a, a bit steep for me. However, they grow rather easily, and being that it's 2023, and we have the ability to teach ourselves pretty much how to do anything on our own, I figured it would be best if I just taught myself. So, now that I've been eating mushrooms, I can tell a difference. I think that there's... A difference between the mushrooms that you eat and how they affect you and how they make you feel. But for me, lion's mane and reishi are one of the two that I always I always take. I take lion's mane quite a bit. So I think that we'll just start there. I'm going to pull out my book. And this one's going to be kind of long because mushrooms have a lot of benefits. But for the people who don't know much about mushrooms... This is a good one, and after you hear some of the benefits, it's like, wow, we should all be eating a lot more mushrooms. And not the button mushrooms that we get at the store. Those are just mass-produced in huge, huge farms. I don't even know if there's much beneficial nutrients in those things. But the mushrooms that grow out in the woods, man, they, they can really help us. So, lion's mane mushroom. Lion's mane is a popular food and medicine throughout, throughout Asia. It is also called bearded tooth mushroom, bearded hedgehog mushroom, bearded tooth fungus, and pom-pom mushroom. Its strengths lie in the healing, the brain, and nervous system, but it has many other useful benefits. It is a powerful antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. Edible uses. Lion's mane mushrooms are edible and tasty. The flavor and texture is like crab or lobster. The mushrooms can be eaten cooked or dried and steeped in a tea. It's weird that that it's like seafood, but, I mean, if you fry it up on a cast iron skillet with some butter and garlic, it's, I hear it's delicious. I haven't tried it that way. I always get it powdered, and I just put it in my coffee and just smash it down. But I might have to try that sometime. Okay, medicinal use. I use lion's mane daily as a double extract tincture. It can also be taken as a tea or in powdered form. It seems to work best with regular use. It enhances brain function and memory, dementia, Alzheimer's, and MS. It helps heal the nervous system. It stimulates nerve growth. It says the nervous system is important to every bodily function and causes major problems when damaged. Lion's mane mushrooms can speed recovery to damaged nerve system tissue in the brain and spinal cord and stimulate the repair of damaged nerve cells. Lion's mane has been shown to stimulate nerve, nerve growth factor, or NGF, 
which is important in the repair of the myelin sheath. Studies show great potential for myelination and regeneration of nerves. I feel so strongly about the regenerative properties of lion's mane on the nervous systems that I use it every day for multiple sclerosis. Wow. So she says it protects against cancer. Um, it supports a healthy heart and improved circulation. It improves digestive health, ulcers, and leaky gut. It reduces inflammation and, and, and oxidation, autoimmune disease. It's a powerful anti-inflammatory. It helps with anxiety, stress, depression, and mental health issues. Lion's mane mushrooms are useful in improving a number of mental health issues, including insomnia, anxiety, depression, and slowing progression of dementia. The mushrooms help regenerate brain cells and improve brain function. It is an excellent, it's excellent for stress and anxiety and helps with their symptoms such as heart palpitations, irritations, and, cons, and concentration. It enhances the intestinal immune system. It helps with diabetes and neuropathy. Says lion's mane mushrooms have a variety of effects that are beneficial to diabetics. With consistent use, it lowers blood glucose levels and improves insulin sensitivity in type 2 diabetics. In lowering blood sugar levels, it helps prevent complications from kidney disease, eye damage, and nerve damage in the hands and feet. It also helps relieve the pain of diabetic neuropathy. It helps with strokes, concussions, and brain injuries. It increases energy, it relieves fatigue, and enhances athletic performance. It says lion's mane mushroom are a rich source of antioxidants. They reduce lactic acid buildup in the blood, increase blood oxygen levels, and reduce muscle fatigue. They also increase glycogen in tissues, providing a source of ready and sustainable energy for the body. However, with all of these things, it does have a warning. And it says some people are allergic to mushrooms and thus should avoid lion's mane mushrooms as well. Symptoms of allergies can include skin rashes and difficulty breathing or even anaphylactic shock. If you have any burning, itching, swollen lips or breathing difficulties, consult the doctor immediately. So that goes with anything. I mean, everybody's different. I think that uh, most people probably are not going to get sick off of these mushrooms. However, at your own risk. I, on the other hand, eat them all the time. So, let's get on to the Hava Mall. We'll start at stanza 60, where we left off, and we will go for about an hour. I don't know how far that's going to get, probably 60 more. And then next week, we will end it up. And after that, all of my guests will be uh, in line to be aired for you guys. So, let's get on with the podcast. Hey guys, before we start the podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to NFS Company out in Colorado Springs. They had their fucking grand opening, and now you can go in the store and check out all of their cool shit. Remember, they got firearms, they got ammo, they got optics, tactical gear, suppressors, you name it, they have it. Not only that, they can find the rare shit. For instance, I got my Glock 19 FDE from them, and it's kind of hard to come by. They found it, had it to me in two days. That's amazing. I'm all the way up in Washington, and they're in Colorado, so you can't fucking beat that. On top of that, anyone looking for preparedness for firearms training, 
They got a private range out there with a badass 10th Group Special Forces instructor. I don't know if you guys know, but finding people with that expertise is kind of hard to come by these days. So get on top of that. Go to www.nfsshootingsupply.com or you can find them on Instagram at nofuckingslack.co. On their Instagram is where you can find their schedule. If you're interested in anything, make sure that you support American-made shit, guys. This is how we're going to change the world. No fucking slack. One of the things I've been doing since I've been laid off is meditating. I have been meditating about all sorts of things, bringing in uh, abundance, love, connecting with my spirit guides, my spirit animals. And I never really meditated much in my life before. I always thought it was kind of bullshit, to be honest. I don't really have time to fucking sit there in silence and imagine a bunch of shit. However... Since I've been doing it, I think there is actually something to it. And between meditating and me going and listening to re or re-listening to some of the episodes of the Andy Frisella podcast, I want to start 75 hard. I created a power list. I have my vision board. I have a lot of things and tools that are now going to help me you know, perpetuate my movement forward into whatever it is that I'm trying to do. And I I don't know how to explain it, but it almost feels silly that it's like I have, like it's child's play, like a fucking postcard or like a, a a poster with a bunch bunch of stuff that I put on it that I envision, sitting in silence, holding crystals and, and imagining things. And then, you know, learning through the greats like Andy, where I can put down a power list and look back at my stuff. And it's like, is this stuff really going to bring me what I'm looking for? And I think the answer is yes. Now, with that being said, we all have problems in our lives, whether it's personal problems, relationship problems, work problems, finance problems, family problems, Whatever, there's problems, and problems are always going to come up. So what do we do? I've, I have personally done it both ways. I've let it eat me alive, and it digs me a bigger hole, and then I have a fucking massive, massive crater that I have to climb out of just to get back to a default neutral position. And I've also done it as I've getting older. I think this is this is the way that works for me is... Man, as long as you don't take any steps back, even if you just stand there and get beat the fuck down, as long as you don't take steps backwards when the storm passes, at least you can start making one step forward from where you left off rather than just panicking, making bad decisions, saying things you don't truly mean out of emotion. And then when the storm passes and calms, now you got to clean up all this mess. The reason why I say that is because Lots of people's lives are in turmoil right now. I see people who don't have very much money. Maybe they lost their job, their apartment or townhomes. 
the owners are saying, hey, we're selling it, so you got a month to move out. <clears throat> People are separating who've been married together for quite some time. All, all these different things. And if you're listening to this and you're and you have any of these problems in your life, I want you to take a second and think about how you can make sure that you don't dig yourself a hole because some things in life are out of our control and we have no choice but to deal with them. And also we have no idea what the universe holds in store for us. So if you think about the future all the time, it creates anxiety. So take a second to become present and think about where you're at right now. Think about the things that you're grateful for that you have right now. And think about the things that like really mean something to you. What life means to you. And then believe in yourself. That you're going you're gonna to weather the storm. And you're going to weather the storm. And you're going to learn. And you're going to grow. And you're going to be able to take forward movement immediately when the storm passes. Rather than. Maybe drinking too much, eating too much, saying things that you don't want to say, fighting, not going to work, or being a shitty worker. All of these things that we do, even if it's just vegging out on the television rather than getting your chores done, that's a step backwards. So, before we start the Hava Mall, I was just thinking about a lot of things in my life and things that I'm seeing, and I want to uh, spread the message of... You fucking got this. We all have issues. We all have drama. We all have trauma. We all have problems that arise within our lives, and a lot of them are curveballs. And some of them, <laughs> some of them fuck you up, man. They really do. But humans are rad, and we have the ability to get fucked up and get back up on our feet and do better. So rather than looking at like a failure or the, the world's crumbling down on you, Let's look at it from a growth standpoint, and we'll go back to that quote that I said before. I think it was from Albert Einstein, that the same consciousness that created a problem cannot solve it. So we need to hire our consciousness, expand it, come up with a different perspective to solve the problems that have arisen within our life. Okay, so now that we have that little fucking <laughs> speech out of the way, let's just get right into this. We started the Havamal, which is the, the words of Odin, or the wise words of Odin, or the Almighty, or All-Father, the One-Eyed One. It goes by all these different names, and we read through 60 of them. So we will start right back at 61. <clears throat> it says, you should always go out with your hair combed and a meal in your belly. Even if you can't afford good clothes, you should not be ashamed of your shoes and pants, nor of your horse even if it's not a good one. So to me, that that is stating, like, be proud of what you have. Like, even if you have shoes with a fucking big toe sticking out the front, that's better than being barefoot. Even if you have a horse that's a little bit older or can't run as fast, well, at least you have a horse to get around. Look at your car. Look at your, your clothes. Look at your shoes. Look at your furniture in your house. Sure, is it is it what Kim Kardashian and fucking Donald Trump have at their house? No, but they're not they're not you. They they live a completely different path. They have a different soul's journey than all of us. We are different, and so when we look at our stuff, we should be grateful for what we have because it's better than not having it at all. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't 
try and succeed and progress and gain things that you desire. But just remember to be grateful for what you have at the time. You know, it says you should always go out with your hair combed. I agree. That's another part where, like, people are going outside with fucking ratty, nasty hair, no brushing the teeth, spaghetti sauce still stained on the corner of their fucking lips. They got, like, mustard on their white shirt and a Pikachu pajamas with some, like, furry slippers while we're going out to just out in public. And to me, that's just, that's unacceptable. That's not okay. Also, in a meal in your belly. How many times have we gone out somewhere where we didn't eat and then that we can't we can't really enjoy the present moment because all we can think about is getting food. So I see I see this stanza resonating with me. 62 is a stanza that I've read multiple times and I, I don't really understand it. So a hungry eagle snaps his beak and stretches out his neck when the sea comes into sight. People get the same look about them when they walk among strangers um, walk amongst strangers and have no one to speak well of them. So I guess a hungry eagle snaps his beak and stretches out his neck when the and when the sea comes into sight, which is the same as people saying they get the same look about them when they see strangers who have no one to speak well of them. Hmm. I don't know. If you guys understand that one, please rate me because I would like to understand it better. 63. If you want to be called wise, you should know how to ask and answer wisely. Tell your secret to one person, never two. Everyone knows if three people know. (laughs) That's the truth. That's the truth. A wise man should use his abilities only in moderation. Otherwise, when he is in battle... He'll learn that no one is bravest of all. So don't use all your tricks of the trade right up front. Don't use all your best moves. Don't use all your, your, your highest skills right up front. Save that for when, when it needs to be used. Because if certain people have certain skills, we'll just take jujitsu for instance. I do not go as hard as I can at jujitsu. I go as hard as I can with people that I care and love about. And that I don't actually want to inflict damage or harm upon. So there's certain things that I don't do. However, in a real fight, if someone was trying to harm me or a loved one or a stranger or break in or do do bad stuff. I'm going to level up that bravery. Because that's what needs to be done. And I wouldn't start off with all, with that immediately. But you need to be able to rank up. Like, you need to, in my opinion, you need to be able to ramp up your skills as you need them. A lot of times, you don't need to go to 100. You know, if you're really good at at firearms and somebody comes in the middle of the night and is taking carrots out of your garden, do you just go to level 100 and pull your fucking air out and blast them right between the head for stealing a carrot? Like, no. No, but if it, but, but if you went out and talked and and then like it escalated, you need to be able to get to the point where you will be the bravest of all. That's how I see it, at least. Stanza sixty-five. You will often get repayment in kind for the words you speak to others. Do you believe that? I believe that. 
I believe that when you speak well about others and we don't gossip and we don't we don't talk about drama, then <clears throat> the universe rewards you with with other kindness. People will start talking kind. So, I mean, it's kind of simple. We tell the kids, we've all heard it, like treat treat others the same way you would want to be treated. Talk about others the same way you would want to be talked about. It's pretty fucking simple concept, but I think adults have lost that. I think that they think it's okay that you could just go around people, people's backs in particular and just talk shit. And I think that stanza a few few back was like, even if you talk shit and the people, the people that uh, laugh around you, like it's still, it's still not good. Stanza 66. I have come too early to some events and too late to others. The drinks were all gone or else not even made. A hated man gets little hospitality. Yeah, man. Show up on time. Do what you're going to fucking do. Say say what you're going to say and then do what you're going to do. And be a man of your word. That is essentially what I see out of that. The party's at 10 and you show up at noon. Don't get pissed off that all the drinks are gone and there's no hamburgers for you. You know what I mean? Also, don't be the guy where the party ends at 5 and you're still hanging around at fucking 7 sitting on the couch while the rest of the family looks like they've put PJs on, cleaned the kitchen, dimmed the lights, and they want you to get the fuck out, but they're courteous enough to not tell you that because you should have some emotional intelligence and be able to observe your surroundings and feel the energy and be able to see like, oh, I'm supposed to go home. Yeah. Okay, stanza 67. Now and then, I've been invited to a friend's home. As long as I have no need for food or as long as I can make my inhospitable host cellars fuller rather than emptier. You hear that? It says, now and then, I've been invited to a friend's home as long as I have no, f no need for food or as long as I can make my inhospitable host cellars fuller rather than emptier when you go to hang out with people it is very important that you are there to give you are there to make the experience better than if you weren't to come that is the whole goal that is one of your each and every one of us one of our gifts is to be able to fill other people's cups now i talk about it a lot where if your cup isn't full it's really hard to fill someone else's and typically you just end up draining theirs. But we all have the ability to fill our own cup. And we have the ability to go to other people and fill their cup. Now in this it says fill their set their cellars. Because this is from a long ass time ago. But make whatever metaphor you want. We have to, we have to understand as a collective that we must give just as much as we take. If we take more than we give, there will be emptiness in the pot sooner or later. So when, when we go to a friend's, when we hang out with family, when we go to the store, really, when you fucking interact with anything outside of yourself, you should be there to try and make the experience better. We've all had the friend that we're like, invite over, and then once they're over at our house, it's like, God damn it. I would rather just here by myself but I don't want to be a fucking dickhead and tell them to go away because I'm the one who invited them over or they asked and I agreed don't be that guy or woman 
make sure that the pe- when you leave or when you're there, those people want you to be there. They don't want you to go away. Or when you do have to go away, they're like, man, I really fucking love hanging out with whatever, whoever you are. Okay, so stanza 68. Fire is best for mortals and sunshine and also good health. If you have it and living beyond reproach. So fire, it's very important. 69. No one is totally wretched, even if his health is bad. Some find happiness in their children, some in their kin, some in their money, some in work well done. So just because uh, you have a bad health or something happened, you broke a leg or there's been an issue. This is kind of what I was talking about before we started the Havamal of no one is totally wretched, even if his health is bad. So no one's totally fucked. We can make ourselves more fucked by digging that hole deeper than it should be. But at the end of the day, we can all find happiness within, whether it's our children, our jobs, our fucking lovers, money, work well done, crafts, music, the nature, like find something to be grateful for and it will help you progress through the hard times. Stanza 70. Better to be alive no matter what than dead. Only the living enjoy anything. I saw a rich man's house, but it was on fire and he laid dead outside the door. Ooh, I like that one. It's better to be alive no matter what than dead because only the living enjoy anything. And you know, I keep going back to my last ceremony where like I got to be taken or like I got to relive the human experience download. And ever since that day, I can't help but to think all the time like, fuck, man, it is so cool to be able to be a human in experiencing this life on this on this realm that we're in or or whatever, whatever this is, whether it's real or a simulation or fucking I don't know. I don't know. I think it's real. I do think it's real, but I think that there's something I don't know. It's definitely interesting to say the least, but I feel in my heart that it is so much better to be alive than dead because when we are dead, we will not get to experience these things. Even this podcast. I like that it says too, I saw a rich man's body, but it was on, or a rich man's house, but it was on fire and he lay dead outside the door. So it's like, who gives a fuck? You can't bring a funeral to your, to your, I mean, you can't bring a U-Haul to your funeral. You can't take your shit with you when you go to the other side. So you got to be alive to be able to enjoy it. And part of being alive is taking care of ourselves, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Stanza 71. A limping man can ride a horse. A handless man can herd. A deaf man can fight and win. It's better even to be blind than fuel for the funeral pyre. What can a dead man do? So it's saying, man, being dead is not good. I mean, not that it's not good, but we should not be striving for it. We should be doing everything in our power to stay alive and make this place better for as long as we can. 72. Better to have a son than not, even if he's born later in life. 
even if he's born after you die. You'll rarely see memorials or graves standing near the road that were raised for men without sons. So I know that that's going to be controversial for a lot of people, especially if you think that there's too many people on the planet. But I agree with that. Now, it doesn't have to be sons. It could be daughters because obviously you don't get a pick. But being a father or a mother is one of the most noble things I think that a human could ever do. I mean, every other animal, insect, plant, reproduces to make the next generation. And no one wants a fucking plant that doesn't make a seed to grow for the next generation. That's GMO shit. So even if we're not GMO, we should... Definitely think about what the purpose of this is. If you like humans, then you're going to have to reproduce. So there's only one way to do that, regardless of what they're trying to tell us. Okay, so stanza 73. Two men will defeat one. Your tongue can endanger your head. In every hand hidden by a cloak, I expect to see a weapon. Man, some of these are really good. Let me read that again. Two men will defeat one. I agree. Your tongue can endanger your head. I agree. In every hand hidden by a cloak, I expect to see a weapon. Yeah, you have no idea what other people have in their pockets, what they stand for, what their beliefs are. And just remember, I don't I mean, it depends. Two two men can defeat one. And most two men, even two pussy men, can defeat one strong man, depending on how well, they're trained, but all it takes is for you to be fighting one person and his buddy to come up and crack you with a fucking pipe or something in the back of the head, and now you're toast. So just remember, remember to try your best not to let your tongue endanger your head. Two men will defeat one, and in every hidden hand by a cloak, expect to see a weapon. Stanza 74. The seaman... The seaman is glad at evening, looking forward to his dinner, with just a short distance to row home. But an autumn night is untrustworthy. Many things can get worse in only five days and even more in a month. Stanza 75. The ignorant man does not know how little he, he knows. You become foolish by listening to fools. One man is rich, another man is poor. Neither has the other to blame. I like that too. That goes to, uh, you know, like a careful who you surround yourself with. Hang out with six smokers, you'll be the, the seventh. Hang out with five studs, you'll be the, the sixth. Hang, you know, you can tell a lot by someone's, or you can tell someone's future just by the people they surround themselves with. So make sure that you surround yourself with good people. Because one man is rich, another man is poor, and neither has the other to blame. 76. Cows die. Family die. You will die the same way. But a good reputation never dies. For the one who earns it well. Ain't that the truth? We are all going to fucking die. Every single one of us, none of us makes it out of this place alive. That's not the point. The point is really 
to leave a tattoo on this place, to to imprint, to make it better than it was when you showed up. And a reputation doesn't die. That's why we sit here and read books like the one I'm fucking reading, where whether Odin was a real a real fucking god or a real person or this was just made up stories by a bunch of people, I don't fucking know. And and maybe I'll never know. And to be honest, I don't really care. At this point, I just find that the information in it resonates with me and I I would like to live I would like to live by these as well. And so beings that on this stanza, it's about everything dying and and there's no way out of it. A good reputation never does as long as it was earned well. And so hopefully the compassionate Viking will be remembered. 77. Oh no, 78. I saw big herds of cattle owned by a rich man's son. Now they carry a beggar's staff. Wealth is like the twinkling of an eye. No friend could be more faithless. (laughs) 79. If an unwise man chances upon money or a woman's love, he will grow more arrogant but not more intelligent. He will be deceived about his own worth. Okay, let's read that again. If an unwise man chances upon money or a woman's love, he will grow more arrogant but not more intelligent. Okay, I see it. If he just if he just lucks into money or lucks into love, he will become arrogant, not more intelligent, and he will be deceived by his own worth because he didn't earn it. Stanza 80. What you ask of the runes will prove true. They are gifts from the Acer made by the gods, and painted by Odin. You'll learn best with your mouth shut. Okay, I get it. That's like, uh, you know, runes or words carved in stone. So don't talk about it. Keep your mouth shut and read them. 81. Don't praise the day until it's night. Don't praise your wife until she's buried. Don't praise the sword till after the fight. Nor your daughter till she's married. Don't praise the ice until it's crossed nor the ale until you've tell you're sloshed. So pretty much don't give credibility up too soon. Don't give congratulations until the end. Wait to see the whole fucking story. And then you can give praise. 82. Chop wood when the wind blows. Row your boat on the sea. Court a lover at nighttime. For the day has many eyes. Value a ship for its speed, a shield for its protection, a sword for its sharpness, and a woman for her kiss. Yep. It's beautiful. Stanza 83. Drink ale by the fire, skate on the ice, buy a thin horse and a rusty sword, give your horse food, and let your dog feed itself. So... I feel like that one's pretty much just saying, like, live a little. And you don't have to buy the nicest shit, you know? I bought two fucking malnourished goats that looked absolutely terrible. And then we brought them home, and I thought one of them was going to die. And it was sad as fuck. But now, a year later, they're super healthy, and they love us. And all their fur's back, and they got a belly. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I love the goats. And so, you know what, instead of always purchasing the brand new thing, sometimes you'll get a lot of fulfillment out of giving something some love and care. Give it a little TLC and watch what happens. 
Stanza 84. No man should trust the words of a girl, nor anything a woman says. Women hearts are molded on a wobbly wheel. Deception lurks in their words. Which I agree. I think that when it comes to women, their words and actions typically are not that congruent. I think I think what they say and what they do are not necessarily the same. And if you go by what they say, man, they will fucking rip a new one in you. They will cut your ass open and just slice you up and dice you. And you will be laying there gutted. And I've had that happen. And I, over the course of my life, being married for as long as I've been married and, and all the girlfriends that I've had in my in my life, I've realized that it's the actions. Women are different than men. Men are logical. Women are emotional. And the feminine energy is fucking chaos. The masculine energy is structure and stability. And it's our job as men to contain that chaos to the best of the ability and understand that it's going to go apeshit within the container. But don't let the container break. Just contain it. And usually what will happen is if you don't get in the emotional state that they're in and you can remain grounded, they will come back to a default and everything will be okay. Their actions are what is necessary for you to understand what's really going on. If she's running away, if she doesn't talk to you, if she she doesn't give you, you know, the emotional gestures or facial expressions, like you can fucking tell. Watch her actions. She can say, I hate you so much and be cuddling on the couch. She's she's <laughs> she doesn't hate you. When she really hates you, she's not at your house. So I agree with that. Women's words work on a wobbly wheel. 85, a breaking bow, a burning fire, a howling wolf, a cawing crow, a grunting pig, a a rootless tree, a swelling wave, a boiling kettle, a flying spear, a crashing wave, one night old ice, a striped snake, the words of a bride in bed, a broken sword, a playful bear, the child of a king, a stick calf, a stubborn servant, a prophet who foresees good things, a corpse on the battlefield. Your brother's killer. So that was stanza 85, 86, 87. And I don't know. I don't. That's just what it says. We'll go to this one. 80. 89. Your brother's killer, even if you meet him in public, a half-burned house, a horse that's too fast. Remember, a horse is unusable if only one foot breaks. May you never be so trusting that you trust all these things. Okay? So keep your guard up. Don't just give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Do not put do not put too much trust in your newly planted crops, nor in your child too early. Weather will shape the field, and whim will shape the child, and neither will stay the same. <laughs> That's the truth. I have children and I have young crops and uh, fuck man, they change. Take care not to love a deceitful woman. It is like driving an unshod horse, a playful, young, poorly tamed fowl across slippery ice or like sailing a ship in a wild wind or trying to catch a reindeer on foot after the mountains thaw. 
So, careful what women, no matter how hot they are. I've talked about this in other podcasts of mine. The OnlyFans chicks, the fucking Pornhub chicks, the girls who are like just twerking their fucking ass and banging their twat and shit on your Instagram feed. You don't even follow them. You're just like scrolling. And then these these girls on there that are just like, what the fuck are you doing? It's not a skill, right? Anyways, deceitful women. If you fucking date deceitful women, you will live a shitty fucking life, man. Like like Odin says, it's like driving an unshod horse. It's like having a playful young poorly tamed fowl across slippery ice or like sailing a ship in a wild wind or trying to catch a reindeer on foot after the mountains thaw. It's going to be miserable. 91. I'll speak plainly now since I know both men and women. Men lie to women. We speak more clo- more eloquently when we tell the biggest lies and seduce even wise women with lies. So, for the last stanzas where it's like, wow, he's really talking shit about girls, he goes into dudes too. Like he, The whole thing is that Odin is here to show real life, real human, real shit. He's gone through it all. He is telling you how it is without fucking sugarcoating it without beating around the butch the book not butch beating around the bush so now he's going to go into the men as he said i'll speak plainly now since i know both men and women men lie to women we speak most eloquently when we tell the biggest lies and seduce even wise women with lies 92 a man should speak eloquently and offer gifts to a woman whose love he wants Praise the body of a beautiful woman. You will win her if you praise her. 93. No man should mock another for falling in love. Love sickness often strikes harder on a wise man than a fool. I see that. <clears throat> I see the most savage men I know, the love that they have for women and what heartbreak and what that can do to them. Nothing affects them the same way that that does. And I don't know why, but I don't know. A woman's love to a fucking savage man has to be the strongest goddamn thing that I've came across on planet Earth. 93. Oh, wait, that was 93. Sorry, 94. No man should mock another for falling in love. Love is strong enough to make a fool out of a man what once was wise or who was once wise. Yes, I agree. I agree. Love will make a fool out of a man who was once wise. 95. Only you know what dwells in your heart when you are alone, but nothing is worse for a wise person than to have nothing to love. Man, that's true. That is true, too. I experienced this when I waited among the the reeds and my lover did not come to me. That wise girl was my flesh and my heart, though I could not call her my own. We've all felt that before. We've all felt that before. And that right there is exactly what I'm talking about. That I see fucking just crushes men to the ground. They're, they will sabotage their whole fucking life because their heart is broken. Because the person that they love, their flesh, their heart is not coming to them. 97, I found brilliant daughter, fair as a sun ray. Oh, it says, I found Billings' daughter, 
Bare as a sunray, asleep on her bed, the life of a lord seemed as nothing to me unless I could live with that woman. You should come back in the evening, Odin, she said, if you want to woo me. It is improper for others to know of such a scandal. I returned back and thought that I would win her. I imagined that I would win the woman's love in all her joy. But when I came back that night, there was a good company of warriors awake and ready for me with burning flames and torches held high. I was shown my miserable way out. And when morning came and I returned, everyone in the hall was sleeping, and then I found a watchdog tied to the bed of that good woman. There's many a good woman, if you get to know her, who will change her mind about a man. I learned that when I tried to seduce a wise woman. That lady showed me every kind of shame, and I gained no wife for my trouble. Okay, so that was a bunch of different stanzas, but they all kind of went together. So pretty much, uh, he, he wanted to live with this chick, and she told him to come, and then he came back and fucking was escorted out by some warriors, and then when he returned, they had a watchdog on there. So <laughs> you take a wise man and make him do fucking shit. He follows his heart, and it fucks shit up, man. Okay, so... Right here it says, we'll just start back on 102 and I'll read for a few more. There's many a good woman, if you get to know her, who will change her mind about a man. I learned that when I tried to seduce a wise woman. That lady showed me every kind of shame and I gained no wife her, no wife for my trouble. If you want to be very wise, be happy at home and cheerful with a guest. Cultivate wisdom. In good memory and eloquence and speak kind words often. You'll be called a fool if you can't say much. That's the mark of the unwise. Stanza 104. I visited an old giant and now I've returned. I didn't stay silent there. I spoke many words in support of my cause at Sutung's Hall. So that's uh, for people who don't know the giants and the gods. They don't, they don't get along. They fight. And so, in my opinion, the way that I interpret this was, so he visited these people, and he didn't stay silent, and he spoke his words. And that's what we're all doing. We're essentially fighting the giants right now in this spiritual war of good and evil, and it is our job to fucking show up and speak and say what we mean and mean what we say, and no fucking mercy, no fear. We're here to fight and win. And we have to believe in ourselves that we can actually win or else you won't win. Champions don't go win championships going into the match thinking that they're not going to win. They 100% believe they have the ability to win. And we need to hold that spirit. The warrior spirit. Gunloth, his daughter, gave me a drink of his precious mead while I sat on the golden chair. I would later give her a bad repayment for her trusting mind, for her troubled mind. Giant's dwellings were over and under me. I used Roddy's tusk to burrow out and gnaw away the rock. In this way, I got out with my head. So sometimes he, I mean, not he, sometimes we need to use our brain to help solve situations. 
I made good use of the disguise I used. Few things are too difficult for the wise. Now, Othrir is rescued from the clutches of the giants. I doubt I could have escaped Jotunheim if I hadn't used Gunloth, the good woman who rested in my arms. The next day, the frost giants came to ask news about Odin in Odin's hall. They inquired about the Elvdoer, whether he was among the gods or whether Sutung had killed him. I believe that Odin swore an oath to them, but who can trust Odin? He left Sutung deceived in his own home, and he left Gunloth's weeping. It is time to speak on the wise man's chair at Earth's well. I saw and was silent. I saw and I thought. I listened to men's speech. I heard about runes. They were not silent without count or with counsel at Odin's Hall, in Odin's Hall. I heard them say so. I counsel you if you'll take my advice. You'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it and do not rise at night unless you're spying on your enemies or seeking a place to relive or to relieve yourself. Okay, so we're all the way up at stands 112 because those starts to go into like a story and it's, I don't know, I'm not a professional at this. So I do like this though. As Odin was listening to the runes or he heard about the runes, he heard them say, I counsel you, Laud Fafner, if you take my advice. You will profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. Do not rise at night unless you are spying on your enemies or seeking a place to relieve yourself. I counsel you if you will take my advice. You'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. Do not sleep in the arms of a sorceress or else she will lock your limbs. How many times have you seen that in a movie where some hot-ass chick in this... Savage Viking or warrior Spartan fucking they're sleeping together and then he wakes up and she's either fucking gutted him or handcuffed him to the bed or something. It's the poison ivy, man. We have to remember as men how visual we are and to not let it overpower our ability to be wise. Okay. 114. She will enchant you so that you won't care for advice nor a powerful man's words. You will want neither food nor the pleasure of a friend's company, and you will sleep full of sorrow. I counsel you if you'll take my advice. You'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. Never seduce another man's woman with whispers in her ear. I counsel you. If you'll take my advice, you'll profit it if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. If you spend time wandering by land or by sea, bring plentiful provisions. This goes back to what we were talking about before. Make sure that you have all your shit. If you're going to go wander, make sure that you have food and water. And and if you're going to camp, you're going to need to have some shelter. You're going to want some proper clothing, you know, Even in your car, you should have some jumper cables or a bottle of water or a little bit of cash. There should, you know, a first aid kit, maybe some tools, screwdriver, pliers, a few wrenches, ratchet set. I mean, fuck, man, you never know what's going to happen. 117, I counsel you if you'll take my advice. You'll profit to learn it. You'll profit if you learn it, and it will do you good if you remember it. 
Never let a bad man know of your misfortune, for you will never profit at all for telling him about it. That's it. Don't don't go to unwise or bad people and tell them about fucked up shit. You will gain nothing from it, and they will just suck the energy out of you, and they will gain, they will love to see you failing. Or not failing, but like, you know what I mean. It says, I saw a bad woman's words bite a man in the neck. A lying tongue was his death, and not even with good cause. I counsel you if you'll take my advice. You'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. If you have a friend and you trust him, go and visit him often. Weeds and high grass will grow on a path that nobody travels. I agree. If you have people that you love, it is very important that you make an effort to see them too. Because, like it just said, weeds and high grass will grow on a path that nobody travels. Pretty soon there will be no path. And then... Rather than it being a nice, beautiful path for you guys to walk on, you'll have to cut out a new one, blaze a new one, and everyone knows that blazing a new path is a motherfucker, and it's a lot better to just have the one that's already been blazed. I counsel you, if you'll take my advice, you'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. Get a good man to teach you the runes and learn a healing spell while you live. I counsel you if you'll take my advice. You'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. Never be the first to break friendship with your friend. Sadness will eat up your heart if you have no one you can talk to. So don't burn your bridges, guys. Don't burn your bridges. We burn our bridges and, well, we know that it's twice as hard to build a bridge once it's burned. Okay. I counsel you if you take my advice. You'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. You should never exchange words with someone who won't see reason. If there's no compromise and it's just pure ultimatum or or no reasoning whatsoever, then don't even fucking waste your time. You will never get a reward for speaking with a bad man, but a good man will make you happy with his praise. Men become friends when they can share their minds with one another. Anything is better than being lied to. A real friend will disagree with you openly. Fucking A. Fucking A. I counsel you. If you'll take my advice, you'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. Don't speak even three words with a man worse than you. Often, the better man will lose when a worse man fights him. That's because good men have moral and integrity and honor and typically won't won't uh, waver from that. Whereas a bad man doesn't have those things. He doesn't have integrity. He doesn't have honor. He doesn't have respect, humility, and therefore he will go to the fucking darkest depths just to make sure he wins. And yeah. Be careful. Some people out there, they don't they don't have the same intentions as you, man. They don't feel the same way you feel. They don't think the way that you think. They don't have what you have. They don't love the way that you love. And that's not anything against them. I'm starting to understand, like, we all have our own fucking, our own problems to deal with. 
But at the same time, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, don't fight them. That was, that's what I would not do. I would say, fuck it. It's not even waste my time. 99.9% of all altercations and fights that I've ever been in can easily be de-escalated. Ever since I've been in jiu-jitsu, I've never been in a street fight. I think there was one time I almost got in a fight at the bar when I first started training. But other than that, no. And I don't know if it's the energy that's put off where people are like, mm, I'm good. Or if it's that I'm putting a, a, a different energy off of like, I don't want to. Or it's that I never needed to in the first place. And I was just creating that chaos within my own mind. I don't know, but I do know that fighting and, the, and whether that's verbal or physical with people who aren't on the same level as you ultimately just you, you end up losing. In my opinion, I end up losing when I fight people who aren't worthy of my time. And what I found is, is that I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give my pearls to people who just drop them on the ground. So yeah, little lesson learned. Okay, so now we are on stanza 126. I think we're going to go to 130 and then call it quits, and we'll do the last 30 on the next episode. I counsel you if you'll take my advice. You'll profit it if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. Don't make shoes and don't make weapons except for yourself. If there is a flaw in the shoe or the spear shaft is crooked, your name will be cursed. So don't make things or give things or do things that you don't feel 100% satisfied with its ability. That's the way I look at that. Because if it's faulty or shitty, it has your name on it. I counsel you. If you'll take my advice, you'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. When you are at war, call it war and give your enemies no fucking peace. It doesn't say fuck. I had to put that in there. But it says, and give your enemies no peace. And I agree. You know, I really agree. When it is wartime, there is no rules. There is no, there's nothing. You just go as as hard as you can and, tra- and train and do, do to the best of your ability at whatever that is. There's many things, there's many wars going on in our lives that don't have to deal with two guys standing across from each other on a fucking field firing a gun. That's one type of war, but there's a war inside my head every day of like two little voices, a demon and an angel, and they fight all day, every single fucking day. I go to jujitsu. That's a type of war. You have new world order, great reset versus great awakening or whatever this is. That's a war. You have the war of energies between High vibration and low vibration. You have the information war of getting out the truth versus getting out faulty fact-checked bullshit. There's a million wars. When it comes to war and you know you're at war, call it fucking war. And when you're in war, no peace, no mercy, no fear. I counsel you if you'll take my advice. You'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. Never be glad to hear bad news, but be very cheerful about good news. Yeah, we don't want we don't want bad news, guys. We want to see everyone succeeding. 
I counsel you, if you'll take my advice, you'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. You should never look up when you're in a fight. Men who do so may get turned to stone. Beware, or someone may curse you. Don't look up. Keep your eye on the fucking fight. I mean, that's the same thing as we say in jiu-jitsu of don't turn your back. You turn your back, and you're out of the fight. When you're fighting someone, you need to be fucking paying attention to the fight right in front of you. Keep your eyes on them at all time. Keep all your tools in front of you so that you can attack or defend. I agree with that. I counsel you if you take my advice. You'll profit if you learn it. You, It'll do you good if you remember it. If you want to win a good woman, speak cheerfully with her and enjoy it while you do. Make promises to her and keep your promises. You'll never regret winning such a prize. I counsel you if you'll take my advice. You'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. I advise you to be wary, though never fearful. Be most wary about drinking, about other men's women, and about a third thing. About men and their temptation to steal. I counsel you. If you'll take my advice. You'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. Never mock. Never laugh at. A guest nor a wanderer. Stanza 133. We're just going to fucking go through these and get this done with. Those inside the house rarely know anything about the stranger who knocks at their door. But there is no man so good that he has no flaw, nor a man so bad he's good for nothing. I counsel you, if you'll take my advice, you'll profit if you learn it. It'll do you good if you remember it. Never laugh at an old man. There is often wisdom in what old men say. Wise words will often come from a gray-bearded mouth. From those who hang with dried skins, those who swing with dried skins, and those who wave the dried skins. It'll do you good if you remember this. Never spite a guest, nor be stingy with your food. Treat a poor wanderer well. Otherwise, it's a bitter tree you'll find yourself hanging from in the sight of all. Give a beggar something, and he will call a curse down on your every limb. I counsel you, if you'll take my advice, you'll profit it if you learn it. It'll do good if you remember it. When you drink beer, choose the, choose the might of the earth. For the earth is good against beer, and fire against sickness, oak against an irritable bowel, wheat against magic, an elder tree against family quarrels, maggots against venomous bites, runes against distress, ground against water, swear your hate beneath the moon. I know that I hung on a wind-battered tree nine long nights, pierced by a spear, and given to Odin myself to myself on that tree, whose roots grow in a place no one has ever seen. No one gave me food, no one gave me drink, and at the end I peered down. I took the runes, screaming, I took them, and then I fell. I learned nine spells from the famous son of Bolthorn, the father of Besla, and I won a drink of that precious mead poured from Othrotir. My imagination expanded, I became wise. I grew and I thrived. One word chased another word, flowing from my mouth. One deed chased another deed, flowing from my hands. You will find runes, runic letters to read, very great runes, very powerful runes, which Odin painted, and which the holy gods made, and which Odin carved. 
Odenkar for the gods, and Dane for the elves, Dvalin for the dwarves, and Asvith for the giants. I carved some myself. Do you know how to write them? Do you know how to read them? Do you know how to paint them? Do you know how to test them? Do you know how to ask them? Do you know how to bless them? Do you know how to send them? Do you know how to offer them? It is better not to pray at all than to pray for too much. Nothing will be given that you won't repay. It is better to sacrifice nothing than to offer too much. Odin carved this before the birth of humankind when he rose up and returned again. So the thing is, is that Odin sacrificed himself to himself to gain knowledge or the runes. Or maybe he he drank the magic potion to get the runes. I think it's to gain knowledge. Anyways, I think he's talking about don't don't offer up too much, something that you can't repay. Nothing will be given that you won't repay. It is better to sacrifice nothing than to offer too much. Says, I know magic. This is stanza 146 now. I know magic spells that no woman knows and no man either. The first is called help, and it will help you in lawsuits and sadness and all kinds of worries. I know a second spell which men need if they want to heal others. I know a third spell if I have a great need to thwart my enemies, I dull the edges of their weapons and none of their blades will bite. I know a fourth spell. It chains and locks are placed upon my limbs. I cast this spell so that I can escape. The chains burst from my hands and the lock burst from my feet. I know a fifth spell. If I see a spear cast into a crowd of battling foes, it cannot fly so fast that I cannot change its course as long as I can see it. I know a sixth spell. If a man carves a curse against me in runes on the root of a tree, I call this spell down upon the man, and his curse harms him instead of me. I know a seventh spell. If I see a great flame consuming a hall full of people, it cannot burn so bright that I cannot save those inside. I know how to cast this spell. I know an eighth spell. It would be useful for anyone to learn it. When hate arises between any two people, I can cool their tempers. I know a ninth spell. If the need arises for me to save a ship upon the sea, I can calm the wind upon the waves and soothe the sea to sleep. I know a tenth spell. If I see witches at play in the air, I can cast this spell so that they get lost. So they can't find their skins, so they can't find their minds. I know an eleventh spell. If I lead old friends into battle, I enchant their shields so that they will have the victory. They will go to bat they will go to battle unharmed and return from battle unharmed. They will come home without harm. I know a twelfth spell. If I see, hanging from a tree, a dead man's corpse, I carve some runes and paint them, and then that corpse will walk and speak with me. I know a thirteenth spell. If I sprinkle water upon a newborn boy, he will never be killed, even if he goes into battle. That man will not die from violence. I know a fourteenth spell. It allows me to count all good or all the gods for men. I know the names of all the gods and elves, and few who are fools can, and few who are fools can say that. I know a fifteenth spell, the dwarf cast upon dwellings doors. He conjured power for the gods and courage for the elves. They knew Odin. I knew a sixteenth spell. If I want to win over a cunning woman and have her all to myself, 
I can change the mind of that lovely armed beauty and win her favor for myself. I know a seventeenth spell to prevent a beautiful woman from shunning me. All these spells would be useful. Oh, it says, Lod Fafner, all these spells would be useful to you all your life. They would profit you if you learned them. They'd do good if you remembered them. They'd suit you need, your needs if you could use them. I know an 18th spell, which I will never teach to a girl or a woman, unless maybe to the one I call my wife or my sister. It is much better than one alone should know this, which is the last of the spells. Now the words of the one-eyed are heard in Valhalla for the benefit of humans, for the harm of giants, health to you who speak them, health to you who know them, joy to you who learn them, and health to you who hear them. So each one of those spells, I think, is one of the runes. Or one of the things that he had. Where did it say? Anyways, I don't know. I'll have to go back through and read more. Like I said, I'm not a professional. But each one of those spells, I think, is either a rune or one of the things he talked about. So it seems like a spell, but really it's just uh, a stanza. So that is it. That was going to be a a three-part series, but instead... As we got more into the stanzas, they started to change and become more like a little story, which I just read it to the best of my ability, and I hope that you guys can take something from that. I know, like I said last time, this isn't a typical podcast. I'm not a, I'm not a storyteller or a book reviewer, but being that I was asked you know, what I follow or if I have any morals or my religion or anything like that, this would be the closest thing. However, there's still things in here that that doesn't coincide with some of the things that I've uh, felt. But I'm also a young man. I mean, I hope to look back and listen to these podcasts in a year and be like, wow, I don't feel that way anymore. Because to me, that's growth. I shouldn't have the same, I shouldn't have this, the same perception when I'm 34 as I do when I'm 50. That would mean that that was stagnation or stagnant, that I didn't grow and I wasn't I wasn't on a, a forward trajectory towards progression in whatever my soul's purpose is. I hope you guys liked it. I love doing this. I will see you next week and kick ass until then. Love you guys. Later.